Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com Welcome to Radio 5G. It's a pre-recorded presentation that will air on Wednesday, December 13th. We will be back at the end of this, Mark, Joseph, and I, to give you an overview of what we thought. Thank you, and here we go. Uh, hello, everybody. This is Critically Thinking with Dr. T and Dr. P. Today is Thursday, November 30th. So what I've been doing with great humor is every other day I say, you know, I'm a little late on today's conspiracy. So my latest one was the lieutenant colonel in the Navy who talked about all of the um, all of the airmen who have had heart attacks. Oh, or, yeah, the lieutenant. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, from the shot. And um, I just think at this point, if you can't see it, I'd like to say to our audience, because I know that you are rarefied people, you are seers, you're seers. Let's just, you know, you've tried. We've all tried. We've done everything we possibly could do. And I also think, let's be clear, our own movement has been infiltrated unbelievably. Now, why is that? I talked to uh, a woman who was the pharmacist, Dr. Jen, you probably know her, with the frontline doctors way back. And she did all the formulations for a certain company and all of the rest of it. And then they uh, fired her. Dr. Ben Marble, myfreedoctor.com. As soon as this group got his email list telling him they would help all, you know, Ben saved hundreds, maybe thousands of lives. So this group says, well, we're going to, you know, we'll take over for the people who can't afford it. As soon as they got his mailing list, boom, you're out. Now I bring this up everybody, because that's the way it always works. I wrote Dodging Energy Vampires in 2018. I just didn't realize that that was going to be a ramped up dynamic of the people who really are the healers. We're trusting. We believe certain pieces of bullshit. Here's one. Only hurt people hurt people. Oh, those lizards have been hurt in childhood. So that's why they're doing this. No. Like someone said, how can humans do this? And I said, who's talking about humans? Are you talking about humans? <laughs> I don't think humans are doing this. Well, I mean, I just had to rant here for a minute. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Burn the airwaves. Go ahead. Well, Burn and, the airwaves. and your your MIT point is the problem with the universities more than anything else is they don't believe that evil exists and they don't have a foundation in God. That's it. And they haven't for a very long time. They used to way back when, but they don't believe that evil exists. And because of that, even the, the guys that go in there that are not evil themselves, they they don't recognize evil when they see it. They don't believe in it. So it's kind of like, it's like the story about the Columbus or the, the um, native Americans, the Mesoamericans, that they when the when the Spanish ships showed up, they really couldn't even see them. They were on the horizon, but they had no frame of reference, so they didn't know what they were looking at. 
that's these guys at the university dealing with evil. And because they don't believe in evil, they just come up with other explanations for everything. But also, Lee, I, I think that these there are people who are so elitist uh. and so self-righteous about what they deem is for the greater good. Remember that lovely term? Mm-hmm. The, the greater, greater good. good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They will come up with ideas that they are passionate about, that they are uh, excited about, that they want to push for the world. And they'll truly believe that their intentions are altruistic and for the greater good. But and that's, so you, yeah. you, you can't even approach them yeah. to even introduce the possibility that what they're doing has some level of uh, evil or cruelty. Forget the word evil, but cruelty right. or bad outcome. And, and you know, when you see, you know, I mean, I think the very first time I ever heard it termed so succinctly is when Barbara Lowe Fisher said, you know, to the extent of, you know, when you're willing to sacrifice, you know, a couple of babies for what you're deeming the greater good, we have a problem. And no one seems to think that that's a problem. Right. But that's part of not believing that there's a higher power, that there's a true that's moral relativism. It's part right. of the whole the whole. That's why communism and atheism, everything's ba- it based on these principles. And one of them is moral relativism. And if you if you believe that there really is a a true distinction between good and evil, you don't have moral relativism. You might There might be questions that are hard to discern at first, but you don't believe that everything's in flux, that there's no truth. That you may not get at it, but there, you don't believe that there's no real ultimate truth. And these guys do, I think, for the most part, because that's what they've been taught their whole lives in the universities. Yeah, that's, absol- that's absolutely true. And, you know, begin, it really started to go downhill with the um, Frankfurt School yeah. coming over and uh, those guys. By the way, uh, yesterday I did a thing, and Lee, I think you're going to work with them. This is uh, Henry Ely, Dr. Henry yeah. Ely, and this group of uh, whistleblowers who are, they've been working on their case for at least two years. And every single legal pathway has been blocked because the judges and the entire uh, system is corrupt. However, um, However, they have a grand jury strategy. What they said is this evil has been perpetrated county by county, and every single county in the United States has somebody who's paid big amounts of money, COVID money, and all of I that. I just said that. Yep. Yeah. To carry out the thing. Now, I, in know who it is. I just found out that it's going through the veterinary and the forest thing, because in what's called One Health, which is their plan, One Health, the trees, the water, the air, the animals, and finally humans are all under this umbrella of One Health Public Health. So my uh, one of my friends took her dog in because it you know got a branch stuck down its throat. So what they say to her is, we need your email and your phone number and your birth date because we want to track narcotic use in animals. No. What they want to do is they want to track everybody. Right. And 
everything so that they then through the USDA, through NASA, through NOAA, through all of that, they can then shut all of us down. So these guys, now there's a wonderful good old boy judge at the, uh, and I asked Cook if she'd put it. Yeah, she did. It's right there, the link for the the talk. And Lee, you're going to interview them, what, to, today? Tomorrow. 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 So we can get this out widely. They're doing a uh, a live stream, 8 o'clock Eastern, December 5th, um, beyondthecon.com beyond the com.com they'll t- con con they'll tell you exactly what to do so that every single one of us can get in on this with our county and as one of the the senators from Oregon said well these are the people that your kids play soccer with and you know them and when it's people you know it becomes much more effective right. and so oh and the, so this judge says now, you need to know your jurisdiction. And when you walk out the door of your house, look up. That's your jurisdiction. God. Right. We're children of God. You got it. Well, you know, you mentioned, now, it's interesting. So I live in a county of 14,000 people. We're very okay. small, very poor county. But I said the exact thing. I said, who is really in charge here? Because look at what happened in our co- in our county. We never had a, my dad was the, the, the county medical officer at one time. It was just the doctors passed it around and whoever drew the short stick that year became it. You know, nobody yeah. really wanted the job and it, it wasn't a big job to do. Right. But we discovered as they tried to put a mask mandate and did, the county board of supervisors passed a mask mandate against an entire courthouse filled with people with me there too, okay. saying no with, with, you know, we gave them papers, we gave them the science, we gave them everything. But where did it all come from? Well, it turns out that we had now a 10-person board of health of the county. And the person who ran the board, the executive director, was hired by the county. He was an ACLU lawyer. He'd been working at the ACLU, not Bard, but a lawyer with the ACLU in Nebraska. Doesn't even live in our county. And he's brought over to be the executive director. So it's the Delphi technique that the executive director makes the decisions and makes you think that you're making the decisions. But here it is in a little county. So I said to somebody, because we have a suspicion of who's been running this whole thing, who kind of runs the board and who does this. And I said, somebody needs to look into that person's finances. That's exactly, and you just said it. I've never heard anybody else say that, but you just said it, that somebody in your county is being paid big bucks to run this thing. And I think you are spot on. There's got to be, because why else would they be doing this? This is at every level in the county. I mean, the elect, the, the voting has been, the voting machines have been taken over with the same New York style that they did in New York. It's just, we're smaller. Nobody hears about it. Nobody thinks it could happen in our county. It's right. happening in everybody's county. Yeah, it's happening in everyone. So what they're going to tell you on Tuesday, the 5th, is how to do it in your county. And it, and it, you know, OK, how do you eat an elephant? Right. One bite at a time. So here's what I'm thinking in Maine. What we do is we go to the counties that are already, you know, kind of red. And it, like, listen, I know that both parties are corrupt. I get that. But yeah, there's not a, party a little more corrupt than others. And if we got it going one county at a time, you know what's going to happen. Once you've named names, then the other ones are going to hear about it. 
And there's another thing, um, Gail McRae, who's with our Stand Firm Now um, strategy team, has now filed in Florida, naming the individuals at Kaiser who fired her. She, she got this mask cell thing with a mask where, you know, her cheeks were it's just unbelievable. And so she has standing because she was injured. And because she's an SPC, secured party creditor, um, she's taken her name off the books with the crown and all the rest of it. She isn't asking them uh, for uh, criminal whatever. She's just asking them to dip into the legacy account and pay her however many million it is. Then with that money, then we've, we're going to have the resources to take things back. Yeah. And, it's, uh, you know, it's happening. And as uh, Henry Ely said, 2024 is the year. Yeah, I think so. That we do it because enough people are awake. And if you're not awake, God love you. You and Jesus go talk in the corner. I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I'm, I'm sort of done with, with that. We tried. Yeah. So and, and your point about the veterinarians, too, you know, we've known for a long time, if you follow the bioweapons community, the number one dollar paid in bioweapons research goes to veterinarians. Oh, it, really? So, yeah, yeah. That's been for a long time. That's for that. In fact, in World War Two, the Japanese uh, program in Manchuria that's so famous, that actually was uh, initially run as a veterinary program. But it, and it turns out that one of the, I think it's Ishii was the guy's name that the, the, I can't remember now right now. I haven't thought about it lately, but he was the head guy for the uh, unit. What it's a number like 781. I can never remember the details, but it was, it was a, he was the guy that was so murderous. This is a murderous program against the Chinese that was run out of Manchuria that the Japanese bioweaponeers did. But he, his grandson or great grandson is a veterinarian. One of the guys that claims to have gotten up to the Yukon and found the 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 uh, uh, flu virus, the deadly flu virus, a pandemic of nineteen eighteen. Yeah. So again, this is and and then remember Albert Burla. Albert Burla is a veterinarian, CEO yeah. of Pfizer, and his specialty was chemical sterilization of pigs. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, no, this you—you you can't make this stuff up. You cannot make this up, but it's going to make a good movie. I mean, right. aren't you starting to see? I'm starting to see the the films of the coming era. Right. Was, that, I hope that. Yeah, you know. And then the other the last thing I wanted to say was, you know, you said uh, you were talking about Steve Kirsch about the whole literature thing about how scientific literature nobody can get published. Well, right. it's not just in medicine. It's not just in it's in all sorts of things. Like if you don't if you don't support Einsteinian physics for a long time, you couldn't get punished. If right. you don't support classic Darwinian evolution, you don't get published. There's a lot of things you just can't. Well, it turns out. So I've, I've I'm actually writing a, a an article about this for um, I was started out as a letter to the AAPS journal. And then they said, hey, are you ready to publish it? We've done some changes here. And then I looked at it and said, no, I'm not ready. I have more to say. So anyway, it turns out that. You know, this is my favorite thing to talk about right now is how they did the perversion of the literature, medical and scientific literature to make it so that they could keep their narrative without having anybody really challenge it. And besides the fact that, you know, you have these boards of peer review, so nobody could, they, they peer reviewed papers, just the Politburo attached to scientific publishing. So a few guys right. decide who gets to read everything. But here's the big one that most people don't know is that. In, in World War II, uh, all of uh, the biggest publishing house for, med- for science in the world was Buttersworth out of England. And it wasn't just 
it, it was owned, though, by the British government, not just any part of the British government. It was owned by MI6. So the largest during World War II, the largest medical publishing house for science was owned by the spy agency of the British government. Now, it gets better <laughs> because after World War II, Charles Darwin, Charles Galton Darwin, the grandson of Darwin and his and Alexander Fleming, who, who discovered penicillin, they went to the British government. They said, you know, we got kind of horn snoggled with this whole we didn't know enough about what was going on in the world of science. We need a better interaction worldwide with science. We need a better publishing house. And the British government says no problem. They could say that because they already owned the British publishing house. But they they got to they went to they got Springer out of Germany and they married them together and they made this the, the largest medical scientific publishing house in the world. It was called Pergamon at the time and I suspect now it's Springer Verlag. But in any case, guess who they made? Because this will tell you, it's not just that there are a few elitists in charge. It's not just, this isn't the just elitists, academic elitists. This is pedophile, Moloch-worshipping academic elitists, okay? Yes. I'm just going to say that. Well, it is. When they put this all together, their first person that they hired to run this, to be the editor-in-chief of the world's largest medical scientific publishing, Robert Maxwell. Now, not only was he a spy for the British, he was a spy for the Mossad, because he's buried on the Mount of Olives. He was Ghislaine Maxwell's dad. So you got the pedophile father of the pedophile Ghislaine Maxwell consort of pedophile Jeffrey Epstein as the head of a British scientist of the world's largest scientific publishing. And so just like Project Mockingbird owned all the uh, all the all the uh, news channels, you know, and just like they went from they went from having the little offices of the CIA outside of news channels to actually putting their people as the news reporters like Anderson Cooper. Now they have the same thing with medical scientific publishing. That's why nobody can get their stuff published. I don't know if the guys at MIT will have enough self-reflection to know that, but it's true. You, unless you, so there's several ways that they have perverted this whole thing. And that's the top two I just mentioned, but you can't make this up. Oh, and if you wonder why, why Disney, again, this is under the category like, um, uh, well, the comedian, uh, George Carlin, always said, it's a big club and, and you and I ain't in it. Well, the, if you wonder why Disney's always involved in pedophile things, you know, it's like the Broward County Sheriff says, oh, it wouldn't be a good pedophile case if we didn't have the Disney people involved. Well, <laughs> um, so the CEO of Disney, Iger, he names his son Robert Maxwell Iger because Robert Maxwell's his best buddy. You can't make this up. No, so and the same people that yeah. are harvesting adrenochrome industrially and shipping it around the world are in charge of your medical scientific publishing. In my state, the person in charge of the medical board is a is a lobbyist for Planned Parenthood. Again, it's all the same. It's a it's a satanic Moloch worshiping cabal, and I'm sorry, we have to start saying that. We have to start realizing it's not just stupidity. It's not just snobbery. It's not just the Harvard elite. And and the guy, and final thing, and then I'll shut up. But the, the, the other thing I've been looking at, the guy who's really responsible, you'll love this, Larry, because you got me in this rabbit hole. The, the guy who's responsible for this whole viral nonsense yeah. is a guy named John F. Ender. Now, have you ever heard, we all heard, everybody knows who the Skull and Bone Society, right? Because 
it's just like Klaus Schwab. They always put somebody out in the in the limelight so that we can, oh, the East, you know, bad guy. Yeah, 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 guys. yeah. But the guys that are really the bad guys, like Pepe Orsini, we never see him. He's in the shadows. Well, same thing. So we know about Skull and Bones Society and oh, George Bush and 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 Kerry and all these people, Skull and Bonesmen, you know, elite, you know, jerks and blah blah blah. But we never heard about the Scroll and Key Society. That's right. Turns out the Scroll and Key Society at Yale, they're the big dogs with the big money. So John F. Ender, um, he uh, in 1920s, he took himself to Yale because he had $19 million he inherited from his daddy. In the 20s, that was a ton of money. He went to Yale and he was a member of this who's super elite, big money, scroll and key society. He went from there to Harvard. And in Harvard, he's the guy that published the paper that was you read. I'm telling you, a high school person reads this. This evidence would say, no way you didn't prove a virus. They literally they I mean, that's it's a whole other talk. But he 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 made this very spurious paper where he he defined a virus as the LD50 of mice when you put in a toxic brain solution into them. In other words, the, the, the dose of this toxic brain solution that would kill mice, they equated with a virus. They never saw a virus. They never could, could prove a virus in any other way. But through these secondary things like hemagglutinin, death of animals, they said it must be a virus. I mean, it's just crazy. But then they gave this guy a Nobel Peace Prize because that's what they do. They push their people forward, just like Klaus Schwab guy. You know, he's just the, you know, they push these these people forward and they make them famous. And nobody then goes back and looks at the beginning of this whole mess. There is no I mean, you go back and I'm telling you, if you looked at the evidence, you would say that's insane. That can't they've never proven anything. And so now if you try and go back and look at these papers, even the papers that he started with this slurry of what was called the Lansing poliomyelitis virus, you can't get at the research. There's no evidence there was virus in it. All it was was this mouse brain slurry. And if you want to find out what was in it, the papers are all under lock and key. (laughs) This is the world of science that we're in. I'll tell you what else, everybody. Let's, Let's just... Let's just shoot this ball so far over the net. Okay. And that is, there's a couple things. So Lee and I had a conversation with Alex Collier. Yeah. Alex Collier. And we also did a visioning prayer thing with Gene Decode on November 17th. Listen to this, Lee. So he had 17 influencers. You and I are, are some of them. And on November 17th, and I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. And he, he said God told him how to do it. And it reached, I don't know how many. He said the Schumann resonance was off the chart. He did this on purpose and the way he did it. So each of us read a visioning prayer. Lee was very clever because at the end, she did the uh, the closing of her prayer in Russia, which I was so impressed with. And anyway, they are now... They are now um, editing this, but it went out live. And uh, Gene said, okay, everyone's got to get this. And Alex Collier says the same thing. But Gene says, there was a regressive species coming from the planet Zion or something. They're the Zionists. They're the Kasserian Mafia. They're the Deutsch, the Nazis. They already blew up their home planet. And they came here to parasite humanity because they can't create 
and they had no food supply. So humans have been their food supply literally with the children, but also with Lush, L-O-O-S-H. Lush is our anger, our fear, our frustration. Low energy. That's right. So here is Jean dedicating this to Jesus Christ, my one and only Savior, but he brings in everybody who worships the one true God of creation is fine. He's not, he doesn't do that fundamentalist thing. And he said, we have to stand up because this regressive species is no longer going to be allowed on, on planet earth. And they got to go back to where they came from. And that is the old Testament Elohim. So Alex Collier, I just posted this in our chat, what Alex had to say, he knew about this child um, eating Long ago in the 70s, the men in black constantly visited him and told him, you talk about what you know, and we will kill your family. And this has been going on forever and ever. Amen. So they make you seem like you're the nutcase of all time. And that that session with Alex was an eye opener. So let me just tell you, people, if you don't believe that there are alien people, off worlders, who are part of this, I'm really sorry it's going to be hard for you, especially you Christians. And and there are good off-worlders and there are bad off-worlders. And the Sikar and the Draco, they're the ones who made the deals with uh, um, Alan Doug- Dulles. Uh, yeah. whatever. They tricked Eisenhower. Eisenhower wanted the technology. Uh, Tucker Carlson has just come out with this. There have yeah. been spacecrafts then they they crash or whatever, and then it goes to the highest bidder so that we never see the free energy technology, all that. Fiber optics came from Area 51, the military-industrial complex, which is above the our government. I mean, the presidents don't even know about it. So we know that Obama is just a puppet. Uh, you know, Biden, God, we, we don't even know who or what he is. Um, but it is so big. It is so big, and I think that they have really enslaved humanity through this germ theory of disease crap. Yeah, I, You remember that meme that I sent out to all of you, and it's called, um, you know, controlled opposition. So it's everybody who is um, still banging for the virus, right? I mean, some good people who came out early on for the virus. But I remember, Larry, we talked about this. The five docs have batted this back and forth. What I'm noticing in my channels, people cannot handle the idea that maybe there was never a virus. And Larry said it from day one. It's a bio. Did you hear that thing? There was a little ding, ding. Oh, that was Carrie. It was a perfect bell at the right time. It was perfect. Oh, nice. <laughs> Very welcome. Welcome to the five docs. It's good to have you here. Um, we're just going to finish this conversation if it, if we can. No, uh, no. I, we, I've said everything. Well, this is not a subject you can finish. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, well, and you know, you said the other thing I will say, I, I, I said it was a bioweapon too, but I had a hard time wrapping my head around the fact there were no viruses. And it was a talk with Larry at the Bard Fest a couple years ago. And, and I just said, okay. But, you know, subsequently, once you kind of wrap, once you can think it might be true and you start looking at it, you realize 
how could we have actually believed this shit? <laughs> my French, but how could we have believed it? Because it's, you know, and, and they want to make you say, well, how can there not be viruses? Like you have to prove there are no viruses if there's disease. No, no, that's not the way it works. You know, I don't doubt there's disease and there's they've been poisoning us for millennia and calling it infectious disease because it's a it's an anti-human agenda. So that's my mission in life right now is yeah. I've been putting together this talk and I keep it's the Truman Show and I keep molding it a little bit more, but more to try and tell people we are living in a false reality. It's mm -hmm. that Truman shows a blueprint how this works. But the fact is, there's not just one of us in the show. There are eight and a half billion and only 300 controllers. So I think we can get out of this. But the but the enabling lie is to believe that we make each other sick through these little invisible, unprovable viruses. And that's what we once we get wrap our once we realize that's a lie, a lot of this fear that they feed on goes away. Then we can attack what really needs to be looked at. And what you said about EMF, that's a huge one. That's what's happening in China right now is classically what happened in 1918. It's electromagnetic. It gives you lung irritability, cough, but no production and fever bingo and why would it be now because the children got it put by their schools like we did see see the the fascinating thing about this was you know when i was sick in april of 2020 yeah i knew inherently that what i was experiencing was not what we consider in pediatrics a classic viral syndrome right you know the the viral syndrome what is a viral let what we term a viral syndrome is the elimination of and the purging of meat material. It's vomiting, purge, diarrhea, purge, rash, purge, cough, purge, mucus, purge. Right? It was all of it's the classic getting sick. Forget viral syndrome. Let's just say the classic getting sick has always been about purging. I don't want to use the term uh, detox because that's just too volatile a term. Right? <laughs> it's it's a purge. It's a release. And, you know, for two decades or more, I've been teaching that these purges are appropriate responses by the body to inappropriate conditions to return to a state of homeostasis. Very simple. Right. And. It was so clear to me when, you know, Kyle, whatever his name was, the, the physician in the Brooklyn who first started talking about what he was seeing. And when my experience said, I'm like, this is not a purge. This is an invasion. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. The guy, the uh, respiratory guy. Yes, yes. ER he was an ER physician. Yeah. And then, yeah. There, was, then there was a, a respiratory therapist. Yeah. I was like, this is a poison. This is an invasion. And and talking to my colleagues in homeopathy and in Chinese medicine who were seeing the pulses and the tongues and the eyes and feeling the people and listening, they were like, this is an external invasion. This is an external invasion. And our medical system died, completely died the day we said it's a virus. Yes. Yeah. The medical system died. Western medicine that time died because we lost all differential diagnosis. We lost all critical thinking. We lost all inquiry, all questioning. Yeah. And we just obeyed, lie down and 
we that's that was a huge turning point and we have been you know for whatever you know number of years i think between the five of us it's probably like 200 years of doing this stuff or maybe 160 but, <laughs> you know, of doing this stuff and you know lee i have been on this virus is not an infectious illness for maybe 10 15 years and i have watched parents like have such difficulty with it right and i have watched pediatricians completely unable completely yeah able. and i'm on a listserv of pediatricians and you know it's called the pediatric freedom summit and i'm probably going to get outed here and and <laughs> my ass kicked if somebody listens to this but you know that never stopped me before but um and you know some of the pediatricians talk about uh, cases that they're seeing and asking people for advice and all these pediatricians, maybe it's CMV. Did you check for EBV? It sounds like mono and they just keep it. It's a viral syndrome. And I'm like, wow, these are people who are questioning COVID the shot and all shots and are still absolutely embedded in the viral theory and fact and i tried introducing it and the lines went dead yeah one person spoke up and then about three or four or five days went by and now someone else brought it up again and said he'd love to hear about it and i said i'd love to have a chat about it and i'm waiting to see you know but there's a deadness that's like dead they will not go near it. And and I told you this a year ago. I was at the Global Health Summit with uh, Dell and, and Peter McCullough and Sherry and in Minnesota, the one you went to this year, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I, Dell instigated a discussion on the panel. And I had a discussion with Peter McCullough about viruses. And I was scientific. I was calm. I was gentle. I was kind. And he looked at me into the mic and said, well, Larry, if what you're saying is true, it'll be the demise of Western medicine. Well, no, we'll just move on to treating what really causes disease. Right. But that's (laughs) they are afraid of it. But that's what really will happen. But we don't have Western medicine anymore. Yeah. Medicine is dead. There is no. It's all robotics, it's protocols, it's algorithms, yeah. it's patient decentered. It's not related to a relationship at all. So yeah, Western medicine died when COVID came on. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, how, God, this this is uh it's a it's a crappy thing to to look at the world and hear parents in my practice. Oh, well, there's a virus going around. I'm like, oh, how do I do this anymore? My I'm, husband, I can't, I can't. He keeps thinking, well, where could we have gotten it? No, no. Right. You right, didn't right, get right. it somewhere. You're toxic. Okay. You got it. You got involved in a toxin or there's EMF or something, but you didn't get it because somebody breathed on you. And that's, yes. that, it is hard when people have lived this their whole life. But, but I think that we can show them that the, the key I think is showing people, I've got a video of the mitochondria, how you make energy. And I've, and I'd have next to it, a picture of Grand Coulee Dam. And it's, you know what? We make energy in the body exactly the way Grand Coulee Dam makes energy. 
you know, it depends on a water gradient, a water pressure gradient, and that turns a turbine that causes you to make electricity. In our body, we have a hydrogen ion pressure gradient that turns a little turbine in your mitochondria. We've got a bazillion of these things. And we know this. I mean, this is this is not conjecture. These little turbines in your mitochondria are powered by hydrogen, by protons. And the proton gradient is a charge gradient. And so if you take Grand Coulee Dam and you bring your water up level on either side, you're not going to have any way to turn the turbines. If you are electromagnetic and you step into a, a an electromagnetic field, suddenly you don't have a proton, you don't have a charge gradient and you can't make power and you can't detoxify yourself and you get sick. And that's, and you also get at lower levels, you get diabetes, which is why Edison and which is why Tom, uh, the, the uh, Alexander Graham Bell in a day that nobody got diabetes, they got diabetes because they, they went from a totally unelectrified world to working in a highly electrified lab. That's my point is we have to give them a, an understanding of what's doing this. And I think we can now, I think we know it. But all the time in my office and when parents really do, I know. they get it. They get it. But, you know, most of us in our field, man, oh, man, a Shevitz. <laughs> well, but you know why? It's like I told I was in the dental chair the other day and I was she asked me some questions and I was talking about cancer being parasites. And, I, and, and she said and, and she said, well, why don't we hear this stuff? And I said, well, let me ask you a question. You're a dentist. And so let, if, if I gave you if there were a new drug on the market that could get rid of all dental problems, do you think anybody would be talking about it in the dental profession? <laughs> you know, that's the problem we're in. Hi, Carrie. Hello, guys. How are you doing? All right. How are you? <laughs> Hanging in there. What's new? Hey, Carrie, you heard that Rosalind Carter passed away in in your yes. in your good old state of Georgia. Yes, that's what they but, say, huh? I want to know. I want to know who was the man sitting in the wheelchair that they said was Jimmy Carter. <laughs> good question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we can believe anymore, right? And you know, especially. It seems really things for me seems like with these frequencies that keep coming in and, you know, they just feed you um, on these television sets and, and these feeds coming into social media with the different frequencies. There can be a little uh, time space alteration. Um, I don't know if you think about that. Yeah, I think so. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I I ask people that a lot. I said, don't you think, you know, time is actually a physical construct? And uh, so outside of this realm, we call Earth, time does not really exist like we we think it, you know, does, right? So, you know, that's uh, something to be uh, said about that. So that's this past holidays. Um, I'd say there is... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. And the frequency, it is a frequency war, for mm -hmm. sure, that we're going through. And you're right, the frequencies make us sick, because we've ignored the fact of, of how our body operates, right? What do, what are we, you know, we're not just biologic, we have this, this spirit, right, and a soul, and we have, um, you know, we have instructions called the, the genetics of blueprint, but then we also are connected and we're connected in many different ways. Uh, we've got our creator and our God, and we also have each other and, and nature. 
And so when we're connected, it's not just phys- it's not just physical like that. We're also connected through, uh, I guess, in base terms, it's going to be energy, right? Um, and so you can measure that. It's measurable. Some of us put out more than others, of course. And um, it's not that we ourselves are aware of that. Those that are, I call them controllers, they know that as well. And so they've been manipulating that. And we've been dumbed down with our knowledge about that. So we're just, we have no idea, right? So I think there is an awakening of different kinds going on right now. And because of that, there's been an even a bigger assault going on on, on all of us um, with those, like, I have to call them frequencies. I'm trying to be really general with that, but um, I don't know if you, if I'm making sense to all of you right now. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But the power. <laughs> oh, sorry. One, two, three, four. Five. Four. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it, it's uh, interesting because there was something that yeah, Chris, you and Lee said earlier. Um, I don't really think that people get a sense of how much we have been filled with poisonous material to prevent us from understanding everything that lee was saying before about what's hidden what they what we are not allowed to know about what the elites are doing all of the tv the video games the cell phones the tiktok the snapchat the facebook the instagram the all the discord all the chemicals the preservatives the additives the food colorings mm-hmm. contraceptives the shots, even the medications are laced with some of the same toxins. Yeah, graphene. COVID. And so what's what's really what's really interesting is that we have no idea how much we are saying yes to all of this distraction in the name of, oh, it's fun. So when I get a, a a kid in my practice where the kid is sick and, you know, parents still don't understand that diet is directly contributing to your child's health. And so, you know, because I have, a, I have a, a saying in my practice, it ain't enough to not vaccinate, right? If you want a healthy kid, it's not enough to just not vaccinate. And so when a parent says to me, oh, but what do I do when... When we go out and, 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 you know, all the friends are eating Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's. And what do I do? I, I don't want him to not feel like he, 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 you know, he won't fit in. And I'm like, well, I, I can't give you permission to poison yourself all for the sake of permission to be part of a club. I mean, <laughs> what do I see? You know, so, but that's where we are. It is and, true. This unbelievable submission to a system that directly wants you dead or disabled. And I just maybe maybe I'm you know, I've reached some of my limits where I can tolerate, you know, hanging on to this belief that somehow what's being offered is still okay for us. Our bodies are breaking down. 
because we can no longer accept the shots, the visuals, the auditories, the olfactories, the tastes, the gustatories, and the stuff that's coming at our hearts. We can't accept it anymore. And our bodies are appropriately responding to inappropriate conditions. It's time. It's so time. Anybody out there, it's time. (laughs) Yep. Go ahead. I stopped my rant. Go ahead. (laughs) I just want to hear from Carrie. Like, what are the the main things, the main natural things you're using that you are finding are most effective for where people are right now? Like so-called long COVID, whatever the hell that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, with, we have to, you know, I use the EMF uh, soul products, right? So, I mean, I have those on mm-hmm. and I make sure in the room that they're around me. Um, and also just try my best not to watch things. We have to start to detox our bodies from the social media, um, because those are frequencies that are being put out, um, in different ways. They make us sick because our thoughts are powerful. And for long COVID, um, people say, some people are saying nicotine patches, um, are helpful and, um, so those are some things that some people say are helpful. Um, I'd also tell them, you know, some salt is very good as well, using some Celtic sea salts and making sure that they're using those kinds of things. Of course, you know, um, you know, I don't, you don't like the word detox, Larry, but I do like uh, water therapy. Let's put water therapy, right? So making sure that you're putting things in the bathtub could be some, um, you know, borax, baking soda, Epsom salts, uh, that sort of thing, and sweating that out, scrubbing uh, really well. Um, And so those are some of the things that I, I recommend people are doing right now. So the nicotine patches do help quite a quite a few people they do have to you know take care of the emf though that's a big thing um so those are those are some of the things i tell people do you think we can oh i was gonna ask do you think we can solve the emf without stopping the actual i mean without taking those towers down i'm watching the blade runners in england and i'm not advocating violence although i Mm -hmm. dearly want to grab a chainsaw um the question is, I mean, do you, it, it, we can mitigate it, but do you think we're going to be able to overcome it without taking down the system? Well, I heard Charlie Freak way back, way, way back at the beginning of this. Interesting name, Charlie Freak. And he said, those towers are going to be turned into Tesla towers. They're going to be turned into magnets that are healthy and it's the same with the wall that Trump built. If you notice, the wall is very odd looking. I mean, it doesn't look like just a regular wall. And so what he said is that they were set up for technology that will mitigate the EMF when they turn it around. Well, and, you know, who knows? I mean, yeah. as evil as it gets you know, can be turned. I mean, that's what we were doing with gene decode. We were all using our creative ability, our electromagnetic frequencies to change the Schumann resonance of the earth. And I just listened to uh, a woman today who was talking about 
she's tuning into all these blue beings who are showing up. So some sort of heaven knows, but she said she checks intuitively and this ascension thing is happening. It's really happening with humanity. And these lizards are not going to be able to stay here because we're starving them out by waking up. Yeah. Just by laughing. <laughs> That's very know. true. Yeah. Just by laughing. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the vibration of love is yeah. not a, a, a silly thing to to think about and to engage in. Uh, that's why that's why isolating us and you know we're seeing so many mm-hmm. of the suicides and the depressions and the anxieties the isolating us was one of the ways to break our frequencies and to lower our vibrations so because we would lose the connection and and the love especially in the churches and in the synagogues and in the mosques but um you know have it, have you seen the work of hope and tiven i think it is no, nope. the, the one where they they talk about the fact that uh, there are biosensors in us, and that biosensors are actually helping them utilize our energy, our <laughs> energy, our electrical energy. Yeah, we yeah. are electric, right? You can take an EKG, you can take an EEG, and you can measure the frequencies in our biofield. But there are actually biosensors that they've given to us, whether it's in the air, the food, the water, however, in the ejections that have allowed them to use us as antennas. Yeah. And so it makes total sense to me because, you know, we know the tremendous fatigue that we have felt. We know the illnesses that we have felt are part of the ways in which the body is being zapped. And, you know, look at all the aging that's happened exponentially in the last three to four years. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Because, and and the adrenal glands that have just right. been knocked because of the siphoning of our energetic fields for some other grand purpose. And Carrie knows about this. So, Carrie, go. Go, go, oh, go. Oh, wow. No, but the... I, Earth realm, I call it a realm. It's uh, like a toroidal field. This is how I see it. And so what is it being fed by? You're right. It, it's us because we're all connected. We're all part of this and we are divine beings. So whatever we put out, whatever frequency per, we put out is what the earth resonates to. This is how I kind of see it. So if we have a very low frequency, as panic, fear, et cetera, we're going to, that realm is down in a lower frequency because it's all connected. We, you know, collectively, you can do it individually and collectively, we start bringing that frequency up, joy, laughter, true agape love, that the true love, you know, that unconditional love, you know, that kind of energy is, is very high. So in my, this is how I see it, those um, demonic elements, mm-hmm. those reptilians, yeah. they're on a low level, they cannot um, survive in a high, you know, energy, high frequency. So we don't want to live on their level. And it's about getting our frequency up so that we aren't in that realm, in the realm with them, right? That's it. We can put earth in that realm. And so it's, uh, it's not easy. I'm not saying it is because this is a very, um, crazy time. Uh, but this is what we have to do is to 
purposely focus on what we put our attention to and find those, um, even if it's one person, even if it's just being out in nature, you know, getting your bare feet on the grass sometimes, um, you know, just remember, maybe it's not on the television, but you remember something just so funny and you laugh about it. You remember a a song, you know, silly song, you start singing, you know, that's amazing. I know Larry loves to sing. Um, you know, these kinds of all in the family old reruns that helps. That's really good. That's really good. Now, by the way, Dr. T is watching us. I'm getting to it. Are you going to get to it? This is important. I'm waiting for the conversation to to flow. Okay, good. Go ahead. Well, you know what the interesting thing is, you know, and we've all been sort of dancing around this subject many, many times, but we forget that we're in a bioenergetic field. We forget that we have electrical material. We have electrical waves coming out of us, you know, and and it's so simple. We take an EKG, we take an EEG, you know, there's there's a a way to measure electrical currents going in us and going out of us. Mm -hmm. And we forget that if somebody yawns and you're not tired, you all of a sudden yawn. That's a bioenergetic synchronization. That's Mm -hmm. a biorhythm. And so we're always in each other's fields. There's always synchronization or asynchrony, synchronization and asynchrony. And and the women on this, I can't believe a man is having to say this. The women (laughs) on this call will know that if you live in a dorm or work in an office or live in a house with other women, that after a couple of months, you will catch your periods from each other. But you are not catching an object. You are synchronizing a biorhythmic field. And we all know that not everybody, not all the women will synchronize at the same time. So there might be eight out of 10 or six out of 10 who will synchronize. That is a contagiousness, but it's not necessarily the fact that material is being passed from one person to the next. We also forget. In other that, words, there's no menstrual virus. Is that what you're telling well, us? No, there's no, not that I know. No, of. Do you know I know that I'm making a joke, but that's yeah. the point. So, you don't need a virus to explain that. And you don't need a virus to explain a lot of so, those. So many people have asked, and, and one of our dear colleagues, and I won't give her away, is listening in and wants to know how do kids get chicken pox in the chicken pox parties? I got and, it. No, oh, good. good. I well, find, no, I really do. I think I got this one. Well, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to just give a little answer and then I'll throw it over to you, Lee. We don't realize that every time we exhale, every time we touch something or someone touches us, every time we urinate, every time we poop, we are getting rid of toxins and wastes. So we are constantly sharing toxins and waste with each other. You know, we don't have to go to exosomes. Just think about it in the basic level. We are constantly in each other's wastes. You can't avoid people's wastes. Exhaling, touching, kissing, intercourse. There's constant exchange of wastes. Now, we don't even entertain the possibility that an onset of fever, cough, runny nose, vomiting, and diarrhea could actually be because the body 
is removing an excess amount of wastes. And that that expulsion of excess amount of wastes is toxic. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a virus. It means you're giving off toxic material. And if you are around others with whom you are synchronized in a similar electrical bioelectrical field, you may respond to the toxins the same way the person who's sick is giving them off. And in my research, and this is what I said on my FLCCC interview with Pierre Corey and Paul Merrick, is that there's some evidence that these viral syndromes, measles and mumps and chickenpox and rubella, are actually responses to environmental toxins that are common exposures for a lot of kids and a lot of adults. And so one of the things that I try to explain to parents in the office is, okay, let's say there are four people in a family, mother, father, whatever, two parents and two kids, and one kid gets sick. Now, the next kid doesn't get sick till Wednesday, two days later, then then the parent doesn't get sick till two days later on a Friday, and then the other parent on a Saturday. We'll all say that the the first kid that got sick passed a virus to everyone else. Yep, yep, yep. What we won't say is that all four family members were exposed to some toxin or some group of stressors on a day earlier than that first kid getting sick. And that the first kid who got sick was the quickest to respond to get rid of the toxin. And the other people in the family took more days for them to swell up and expel the toxins. No, we'll never say that. We'll never say that the reason four people get sick at the same time, four days or three days or two days apart, is because they were all exposed on day one, but didn't express until day two, four, seven. We'll never say that. We'll only say, oh, it had to be a virus, which has never been proven to exist. That must, that's going around, right? There's a virus going around. And then when you hear other families getting it, oh, there's really a virus going around. When no one is willing to say there were environmental stressors, there were fault lines, there were EMFs, there were all these fields that were stressors that everyone in the community was exposed to. And each person expressed it at different times. And when were most of the chicken pox and measles and, and all these flu illnesses seen? Late winter, early spring. And when did all the pesticide spraying begin? Late winter, early spring. And when do animals shed their weight and their skin? Late winter, early spring. So these are all appropriate responses to inappropriate conditions where the body had to get sick and everyone was exposed, but not everyone expressed in the same pattern at the same time in the same number of days. And so we we only think that the reason for an illness is the passing of a microscopic something that's never been established instead of realizing, man, we're, we're in a lot of fields with each other and we're exposed and we're giving off wastes. We're constantly sharing. 
and all it takes is threshold. That's all. Hey, I, just, I gotta tell you, from the menstrual cycle thing, we know that that's pheromones from the um, apocrine glands under the armpits and in the pubic area. It is the pheromones that cause the synchronization of the menstrual cycle when women live together. And this has been confirmed experimentally where they took the sweat of women, put it underneath the nose with some God knows what they did. And they all started to synchronize their cycles. So that's just another, that's just another bio something that we all share. Contagiousness. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Okay, so that's similar. Okay, so here's another part of the chicken pox, which I don't, I mean, I this is just piggybacking on what Larry said. Okay, so there were these two scientists, Kaznachev and Gurevich, and they were in Siberia. And they showed, they called it mitogenic energy. Ooh. And what happens is that if you have a group of cells, two groups of cells are identical, and and, and use poison side A, and it will give off some kind of energy. And they determined it was in the ultraviolet spectrum. It didn't happen in the infrared. It didn't, it was ultraviolet because it was blocked by window glass. Okay. Not by quartz, which will allow ultraviolet. So this is important to the whole story of chickenpox. So that if the, that the dying cells that were dealing with this toxic insult would give off this mitogenic energy and it would make nearby cells sick. Okay, it would kill them with the same death that these had. So it was it was symptom specific. Now, how does this explain chicken pox? If chicken pox were an airborne virus, then it'd go all over town. You wouldn't have to have chicken pox parties. Why do you have to have chicken pox parties? Because the whatever energy is given off from the sick chicken piled child cannot go through the window glass. Okay, they have to come in the same house. They can't even stand out in the yard. Now, here's the point. When do they happen? I'm now. I'm. I'm hoping this is right, Larry. But when did that happen? And I can see this on my own sons. About age three or age four is when this this happens. And some kid will break out with a rash all over, and we say he's got chicken pox, right? Yeah. But what happens is it's in a period of rapid growth. So in a period of rapid growth, you've got you're building up things that have to get rid of. You're building up toxic waste products. It's just like if you eat too much and you get too many. Uh, you know, end products that have to be getting gotten rid of. So you you have a period of rapid growth. Your body realizes it's got to detox itself and it starts doing so. And you as a kid, you got all these pox all over you. Now, my son, my older son got that at three and a half or four. And my younger son, who was six months, got one pock from him. He got one pock. Why? Because he was not at that period of growth. He didn't have that much toxins, but he got the signal Okay, they're in the same house together. So it's a signaling, again, an electromagnetic signaling. One of them. So so in Chinese medicine, it has long been believed that these childhood illnesses were releases of fetal toxins. Right. But now, somebody asked a really great question, and I want to address it. I have to address it. The question was, uh, if no germ theory, which I never said there was no germ right. theory. Just no viruses. How do the five docs explain sexually transmitted diseases? And here's my answer. Oh, goody. I think I just did. We live in a culture, in a, in a milieu, in a mindset that believes that if you're not sick with a condition, if it is a germ that causes or contributes to that condition, you don't have that germ in your body. Unless someone 
gives it to you. And that is almost 100% false. False. Because we have the expression of trillions, hundreds of trillions of microorganisms inside the nucleus, inside the cytoplasm, in the mitochondria, and laced inside all the bacteria that are lining our bodies. And it is firmly understood in the non-germ theory world that if you express a gonorrhea or a syphilis, you are actually expressing a toxic release from your body outward, not necessarily due to something you caught, but something you synchronized as a need for toxic release. Herpes, similar. So the idea that microorganisms don't exist in the body unless someone gives them to you can never be proven to be true. There you go. I mean, you have more DNA that's bacterial than you do human in the body. Yeah. And we don't know what all of it does. Right. And that's what I was going to say. I mean, thousands of mitochondria in each of our cells, except the red blood cells. And mitochondria used to be, drum roll please, bacteria. Yes. So we're talking about the, the evolution of hundreds of trillions of pieces of microorganisms embedded in the body yeah. by the time you're born. And so it is my understanding that the, the expression of illness is actually a healthy way for the body to remove, cleanse, purge, detox, a, 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 thre- a, a, a level of, of, of poison that's gone past the threshold by which we can breathe it out, pee it out, poop it out, sweat it out, mucus it out, sleep it out. And that's it. It's that simple. Mm. Because we're always removing wastes. We're never not. And so an illness is just a healthy way for the body to say, I'm going to get this toxic um, soup out of your body. Yeah. And that Somebody includes said- sexual transmitted disease. Because how many STDs are spiritual poisons? How many of them are engagements in physical, spiritual, physical activities that are not in the highest good? That are actually harmful to the heart and the spirit of the person who's engaging in the activities and not judging it i'm just saying that yeah listen in my profession oh yeah i mean i uh you know the sexual revolution free love i'm down at the other end of the table let me tell you about free love kids let me tell you it ain't so free (laughs) swab Okay. (laughs) On that happy note. Um, Yeah. Well, somebody's asking about EBV, and that's a good point because EBV is on the news now. Everybody wants to say, oh, there's outbreak of Epstein Barr virus. We better get it. Oh, my God. Are we there again? Yes, we are are there again, unfortunately. 
Will and, it ever? Uh, an RSV, an RSV, which you oh. know killed a lot of people when they were trying to get a pediatric vaccine for that one was a real deadly vaccine. So it's just run away, run away. But I mean, again, how, how why do they prove? How do they prove EBV? It's the same kind of genetic sequence nonsense that they did in the PCR tests. They've got liver problems. They, they, they do a test. They claim that they see something on the test that corresponds to some sequence. But, you know, wow. it's crazy. It's, it's, we have 3.4 billion bases in our genome. And they're going to tell you they can test 16 and tell you whether or not you've got a virus. See what's so fascinatingly toxic is, is that if we have let, let's say for, and I'm going to use the word virome instead of virus, but if we have a virome, a body of viral genetic material embedded in our chromosomes, and we know that viromes can exist inside bacteria, and we know that mitochondria could harbor virome material, and we know that we're giving off cells all the time, and we know that if we put a swab in the nose and we're declaring that if we pick up virome material, that the only way that virome material could be in your nose is if you inhaled it from someone who gave it to you without understanding the possibility that that virome could very well have come out of the cells of your own body or the bacteria lining your nose? Come on. It's gotten so preposterous. And it's the same thing with HIV. Because back in the 90s, when I was, you know, going to these meetings in Manhattan, where people were talking about the non-HIV related AIDS syndrome. Yep. There was a scientist who actually found that people who were coming down with AIDS had ruptures of their chromosomes, that DNA in their chromosomes were being spliced off and they were being relocated to other chromosomes. And then that DNA was actually being expelled out of the cells into the bloodstream. So he asked the question, is it possible that this viral genetic material they're picking up in the bloodstream and calling HIV was actually coming from people's cells that were being destroyed by drugs, vaccines, etc. Mm. And he was right. We have retroviruses inside our cells. Or they had to tell us that to ex- to then be able to later explain this because you know, in other words, I think they it's not that they have that we have retroviruses. It's that we have a huge genome, and when we spit some of it out, and they call and they 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 capture it and they sequence it, it shows up as genetic material, and they claim it's a virus. But not but only how do you know it's virus. not an ex- that's what we call an exosome, right? But you know? not only do they claim it's a virus, but they claim the only way it could be found in your nose is if it came from outside, from right, it, right. You know, I have a picture of of you know a guy and he's standing there and there's a fruit fly and then there's a guy with his finger up his nose and i said you know your nose is a dirty place 
Not only does every cell have 3.4 billion base pairs, but where'd that fruit fly go that flew up your nose when you were doing a podcast? You know, I had that happen. For some reason, they dive bomb your face when you're in the summer in Iowa. But, um, <laughs> you know, where's his DNA? And then where's the DNA that's from what was under your fingernail or whatever? You know, I got some guy with a grody looking fingernail sticking up his nose. And the question is, we have DNA from everywhere, not to mention all that bacteria that lives in your nose. It's a dirty place. It's a cesspool. And they think they're going to prove it with 16 bases in this trillions of base pairs. Yeah, right. it's nonsense. But the fact of the matter is that the nose isn't a dirty place and the nose is not inside the body and the intestines are not inside the body and the women's reproductive tract is not outside, the, not inside the body. It is synchronous with this space. There is no outside. Anyway, yeah. Um, Go, Carrie. I've got I've to get off this uh, podcast pretty soon here. So yeah. <laughs> so sure. Yeah. Okay. But um, I'm looking more and more at the, the frequencies myself, looking at water and how we can charge the water, how we um, influence the water. Yep. Water is in all life, right? So if you influence water in one part, you influence the water everywhere, right? Um, and light, water, salt, all these things are really important. Um, so we should be looking at that and looking at the way um, we use our words, how we speak, um, the music. And um, that's all I have to say is the water is very important. Sure have you seen this, Carrie? The Nova the putting 5G on water towers. But we Just, are more powerful than anything like that. That's the whole thing. We can't get frightened by that because that's just synthetic. Yeah, you know but it's evil. You are. <laughs> We've had discussions that can go on for hours, but uh, <laughs> uh, with passion, without passion, with tears, with love, with all of that. So critically thinking with Dr. T and Dr. P, uh, great that the four of us at least were able to get together. All right. Uh, Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) So welcome to the second hour of uh, Cosmic Soup. We have got uh, only about 40 minutes to comment on this simply because they seem to be explaining everything quite well. My name is Nancy Hopkins and Mark Joseph is with me. And you've uh, just listened to, well, four of the five doctors. And uh, you've been listening to these guys for a long time. I know you're, you you know, often you listen to them. I only get it, get to them once in a while. But is there anything you want to say about that uh, particular uh, show? I guess it's, uh, it's confused. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm confused about it, Mark, because we've got a situation where they're talking about the five doctors, but then they also talk about Dr. P and Dr. T and Dr. P being uh, another show. So is it, how does that lay out? So people might be able to find it. Is it two different shows? No, it's the same thing. So uh, this specific episode was done on the 30th of November and it's usually called Critically Thinking with Dr. T and Dr. P, which is um, once or twice a week. But then uh, Dr. Tenpenny had some issues and is recovering. So they've had a rotating guest on 
and supposedly once a month they would have the five docs, but uh, they hadn't done that in two, three months for whatever reason, I think because Dr. Tenpenny was not feeling well. And um, so this was their first one in a while. And um, I like the collating of information and how things are connected and come together. We know about <clears throat> compartmentalization and how that's pretty much a Nazi thing and how um, you know you have these departments and government and how that's how you keep people from not knowing things and these specializations. So having this kind of a confluence, things are coming together and it, just like your other shows, what is it all about? EMFs or energy beings connect to <clears throat> the source to have some kind of foundation. And from there, it's like things come together and make sense. And it was good to hear that uh, Dr. Polevsky, the, the host of the show, <clears throat> has been has been on the uh, terrain path for a while. And exposing the fraud about the whole uh, virology um, cult, right? And I'm glad that Dr. Merritt um, finally revealed or dug deep enough to find out who was the specific person in society that was behind all of it. And so I <clears throat> I'm recommending people check out uh, the podcast by Courtney Turner, Courtney with a U. Uh, she's on there once a week, uh, Dr. Merritt, and they go into this stuff pretty heavy. And so I, I, in deciding which clip to comment on, I did send you one of their uh, talks on, um, I think it was energy warfare, like a top 10 or something. And so I'm hoping that will get played sometime, but people can go to Rumble and check out her channel or, or even um your podcast app. It should be searchable there. And they do a once a week thing and cover different topics. And um, <clears throat> one of the things I mentioned to you off air is that I know you've been trying to reach Dr. Merritt in terms of the whole EMF thing and the Shanghai connection. And to me, as soon as she talks to Cliff High again, which would be sooner than later, she's going to know about Shungite. And so, <clears throat> and uh, Courtney Turner does take recommendations and suggestions in her, um, I think maybe Rumble page. So I commented about Shungite and um, I'll keep trying there and, and hopefully other people can too listening to this. So yeah, I well, thought this was- yeah. I think she is, I think she is into it. She was on with him and they were talking bees, wasn't it Merritt? It yeah, seems yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and that, you know, she knows about, uh, oh, that's right, that was it. I don't know, you're right, it was the bees. She was talking about the bees, and I said, my God, you got, got to know about Shungite. So you're right, I don't know if she knows specifically about the Shungite. Um, what, what I did this last couple of days was I set up a Rumble account, Shungite Reality. And what I'm doing there, I think I got six uh, six shows up, and we're putting up the the best you know the ones that I think are going to make more of a connection than than uh, well the ones that will probably make a connection. And <clears throat> I also uh, set up an account in Telegram and in uh, X on Shanghai Reality because it's trending again. You know Shanghai. We started back in 2014, and most of these things, <clears throat> excuse me, most of these things, once they start out, they fizzle out within four months. I've been watching the Mineral Kingdom for 30 years, and in Shungai's case, it, it that's not what's happening. 
it's like in in uh, uh, at first there was a lot of people that got involved in it because we were out there and I was on the I had show well I was on shows that were on uh, Wolf Spirit and uh, Revolution Radio, which were the two biggest internet radios uh, stations at the time. Now people have podcasts, and it's the same thing, only they call them podcasts, podcasts. To me, they're still internet radio shows. But the thing of it is, is that they, 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 they're getting indications that Shungite is what we say it is. But they're not getting listening to us. And with Walt Silva in the picture, I was able to get what I was had in my head, explain it to him, and he would figure out how to experiment to see if what I said in my head was right. And we got into the energy of it. So it's not just, in our, our case, it's not just understanding Shungite. It's that in understanding Shungite, we became more and more aware of enterology. And yes, I've been a, I was an electronic warfare officer um, back in 70, well, it was 72 to 75, I guess, some, somewhere in there. Um, I, I was actively involved with uh, battlefield warfare and, you know, strategic warfare, protecting our own communications and electronic systems from other people. Uh, so I, I had a real handle on the dangers of electromagnetic energies. And when I first listened to Dr. Merritt on that program, um, she <clears throat> did not know about the electromagnetic connection. If she did, uh, she wasn't talking about it in that show. But um, Carrie, uh, uh, what's her last name, Dr. Carrie? Manet? Made? Made. Okay. She she right off the bat was was pointing to it, and so you know it, it's interesting to see how the narrative has changed because they were talking about the concept of terrain. In other words, that you're picking up toxins and that your body is trying to rid itself of toxins, so you go into a detoxification, your nose runs, you're coughing, you know, you got all these symptoms, but it's detoxification symptoms. It's a natural response of your body to the environment where you've walked into toxins. When you talk about the virus thing, I can't remember what this guy's name was. He was a young man, a, you know, I, I don't know if he was a doctor or a scientist, or but he w he was a young man comparatively. Uh, probably in his 30s, and he was absolutely, you people got to wake up here. There isn't these virus things, th this is all not true. He said a virus, what they're calling viruses, are actually the skeletal remains of cells in the human body that are being attacked by toxins they die and they leave these things in the body, they're, they're dead cell bodies, that people will mistake for viruses. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but he goes into the why does this virus thing does, doesn't make any sense. And that was right back in 2020 that I, I, I ran into him. 
it was uh, as a matter of fact I've got the clip someplace maybe I'll play it one of these days but these guys now they've got the empirical data over this COVID thing and it was like they made reference to if what they're saying now is true then this is the end of the medical establishment because they're all geared to fight viruses with chemicals well chemicals and other crap <laughs> you know in their in their vaccines so when you understand what they're saying saying is being backed up because of what they've discovered over covid you have to kind of look at covid and say well it might be dastardly in many ways but it sure is opening the eyes of a lot of doctors and scientists as to what true medicine is all about and i just um, really appreciated the discussion mark especially the you know the fact that they understand the connection between the electromagnetic energies and what i mean dr young robert young he's got it down too you know the the if you if you well we knew this mark mark Steele, myself other people that had been in the business for a long time we knew what the symptoms were of radiation poisoning from like electromagnetic signals and one of the things we 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 said and i've said say this all the time but one of the things we kept saying was how are they going to hide it the effects of this stuff on on the 5g how are they going to hide the 5g effects on human beings and animals and trees and everything how are they going to hide it well they didn't bother hiding it they gave us something else to focus on and say that's the problem which was the virus and the virus there was no virus this virus stuff is i don't know what they're studying in the labs mark (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's like they're doing all this this studying of these supposed viruses and that's where I get hung up between, okay, I believe that terrain makes a lot more sense, but what are these idiots in the research business looking at? You know what I'm saying? What They're making bio uh, weapons out of what? Yeah, you it's, pretty it, much encapsulated it. So other than being nanotech and biosynthetics, it's frequency. Um, what is it? And and <clears throat> like the the five docs said, um, they pretty much cover it there. But uh, and then you go back to what Dr. Daniels said that even before 2020, and you interviewed her in the middle of 2020 with this whole thing, and mentioned 5G up in the archives. But so uh, you know, medical. What do you call it? The military, medical, media, industrial complex, right? And so the medical portion has been killing people, over a million people. And, and, and she came up with the, the number. No, didn't come up with it, but she stopped counting. And she was referencing, I think, um, Gary Knoll's book, Death by Medicine. And she has her own book on that, uh, Murder by Medicine is No Accident. And so you got that. But then you go to John Rappaport's um, reporting, uh, Barbara Starfield, you know, that the medical system's the number three leading cause of death. Like, w- would you participate in anything that's the number three, number four, let alone top 10 leading causes of death in anything, right? Uh, how, it's like, how deep is this brainwashing going where, you know, you, you so 
I go on the thing that everything that you know is a lie. Start from there, and then you begin the deprogramming process. And part of the an easier way to um, uh, uh, structure it is if something is centralized versus decentralized. And you know something's decentralized when stuff you can get easily in the store and you can use to fix almost anything, like the sun, grounding, all that's decentralized medicine. And obviously we're not doctors, we're just sharing um, uh, entertainment and and uh, opinions here. But um, yeah, I wish they covered the nanotech stuff, but they did cover a lot of ground, the five docs. And um, <clears throat> I like what um, Dr. Polevsky said in the beginning that, uh, what was it, um, EMFs are the new, the new vaccines, the new poisons. And of course, it's not new to you, obviously, from your uh, experience, but as far as like how to counteract this in a, in a network and wider field. Um, people who've been at this for a couple of decades and that that have a program and a following Dr. Jack Cruz, of course. I'm hoping Dr. Merrick can talk to him. He's getting more ground and even did a podcast with RFK in terms of the whole JFK thing and creating bioweapons and assassination programs, things like that. So that was pretty cool on um, Rick Rubin's Tetragrammaton podcast. <clears throat> uh, so what going was that again, Mark? Say it again. What, what was the so name of it? It was RFK and Dr. Jack Cruz on the same podcast talking about the whole JFK thing and the behind the scenes and the, with, with bioweapons. It's called Tetragrammaton. It's a Rick Te Rubin's. Teco, spell it. <laughs> I'm not going to spell that. Um, just look for Te Rick Rubin's podcast. <laughs> oh, Jack Rubin? So he's a music producer. He produced a lot of heavy metal records. Rick Rubin. So take the word tetra, one section, gramma, two M's, and then ton, tetragrammaton. <clears throat> I think that's oh, what I've never heard of that before. It's an occult reference to, uh, I forgot, I got to look at the definition. Some kind of and occult geometric structure. And what's uh, his, again, it's Rick? Rubin. Rubin, okay. Um, yeah, Cruz has been on there twice. And he's the lead in um, Beyond Biohacking, which is mitochondria uh, medicine, so mito hacking. Um, yeah, so he he, fo he follows along with all of this too. Except uh, I feel like everybody could go further along in the uh, uh, biosynthetics and nanotech thing, which um, Polevsky did mention Hope and Tavon, and <clears throat> with and that was he's referencing that with the Maria Z recent interviews with non-vaxxer 420 and and hope and tavon which they had borrowed uh, heavily uh, from uh, cosmic reality uh, shanghai um, a while ago they don't do it now um they're taking their cues from sabrina wallace who's been talking about those biosensors and and um uh wireless body area network i think it is w band um and so what's cool about them is um uh, wallace's an official group is they do promote um, biofield enhancement, shungite, and uh, uh, similar other similar um, <clears throat> modalities. So, I don't know. I, I guess I can stop there. Did you want to comment on any of that? Well, um, yeah, I could be asking you a lot of questions about it. Um, yeah, they mentioned Kirsch. And Steve Kirsch, I think his name was, with the five docs, 
Do you remember that? I, and I wasn't sure who he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was on Alex Jones a couple times. Um, this week and last week, he because he went on to MIT doing a lecture, got a standing ovation, um, and which was good because it was headed by a couple uh, big math geniuses. And recently, I think his most recent interview is on TNT Radio. Um, so check your podcast app on the aftermath of that because he went on to um, and he's been talking big about the New Zealand whistleblower. And one of the things he mentioned was that if you take that data and parallel it to the data in all of these countries that had the, the, the fallout and fatalities, the pattern is exactly the same. So um, let me see. What do you mean by pattern? So in terms of when the 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 rollout of the bioweapons and then the 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 what do you call it um fall of the dominoes of deaths There's oh okay. a pattern to, to right. each it's it's not exactly the same obviously but very similar um so what is this on tnt radio this was on the oh yesterday steve kirsch on joseph arthur and his technicolor dreamcast but if you just type in tnt radio on your podcast app and then scroll down the different shows. It'll have Steve Kirsch on. I haven't listened to it. I just found it today. But yeah, really, really big stuff. And we all knew this was going to blow up, right? <clears throat> Back in 2020 for me. Because uh, you had on YouTube, the FDA and CDC on October, what was it? 22, 2020. Spelling out exactly what was going to happen. Guillain-Barre, myocarditis, all of these words that I never knew until then that just got stapled in my head. Because like, oh yeah, this is, this is, um, a harvest for the uh, for the uh, um, elite who like to do the their their human sacrifices, right? Um, yeah. So so <clears throat> let me see my notes on. Um, well, you know the the other thing that was kind of um, I guess a little surprising to me. I've listened to Christine Norf Norfolk. No, is, what's her shoot? Christine, the doctor. Doctor Northrop. Northrop. Uh, I've listened to her on and off 5G and because she's she's very progressive in, in her look at everything. This was even before the pandemic thing. But and she's very Christian. Was, you know, I mean, she used to be on TV on a lot of different shows. I mean, she was very popular. But the more she got into like alternative look at medicine, uh, then she sort of like got, you know, blacklisted type of thing. But her, in your face, they're not human. They come from someplace else. <laughs> you know, they're reptilian. They don't belong here. They're not human. I, I, that kind of surprised me. That she was uh, so committed to, you know, that's who the enemy is. And the, the I have no reason to doubt that. I mean... We look back at what we've been hearing, what's been coming out about the uh, Kasarian Mafia and how this one group in the Ukraine of people, people in quote, you know, quote, quotes, um, were doing all of this terrible blood sacrifice and eating children and, I mean, just awful stuff. And they were forced to make a decision on... What religion they were gonna? They had to leave the the religion that they were practicing, and so they chose Judaism. 
And we've heard about, you know, that these are the, the black hats. These are the ones that are, you know, orchestrating everything dark that we see is this Kassarian mafia type thing. And right when I started here, Walt started talking about this in 2014. You know, I found a, a show where he was actually talking about this. And it just was like, okay, so you got this group of people that are doing some really awful things. Where did they come from? That was my first question when he started talking about it. And I have still got that question. And it may be like, you know, Dr. Northrop seemed to believe that this was an ET group. They came here, they settled, they made this little conclave of of civilization in the midst of, you know, all these other little civilizations in a, in a world at that time that was just sort of coming alive again. I think it had been alive many times before that. And um, so you look at that and you go, is that where they came from? Are they really not human? Because it, as I've gone down this path, I have had to, to address the concept of if human beings can actually be capable of the evil that has been unco- uncovered in, let's say, the last five years. Okay, if they, if it's human beings doing it, then maybe we should stop this experiment right now with human beings. Because that kind of evil is beyond anything that makes any sense. It's not life. And yet we see all around us this concept of transhumanism. You know, they're going to take our humanity away from us. And so then you have to look at it and you have to say, why? Why do we pose a danger to them? Supposedly, we're their life force. They get loose from us, the energy, you know, that... Well, Walt Silva, again, brought up something that he had come in contact with. And it was this... I, I don't know if you know this or not, but... When they do wrestling events and, and uh, boxing events, stuff like that, the, uh, what do you call it, the boxing ring, the facility has big TV sets. And at the end of every one of these particular uh, events, they take the TV sets down. And then they're replaced with new TV sets. And supposedly these TV sets are devices that actually collect the energy of the crowd into the what looks like a television set acts like a television set but they are collecting energy that then they use to supplement their own alien bodies with this energy i don't know if that's true but dang it kind of makes sense to me you know And if they're not doing it that way, how are they collecting all of this energy that people put out that's negative, that seems to be feeding them? And if they get rid of us, are they going to have that source of energy? You know, there's things about the story that still bother me, that don't quite come together for me. That you've got these people out there that they're harvesting our energy, they're harvesting our our toil, our mo- the money that we make, all of this. I can understand that until it gets to this concept of 
they're energy vampires. And then it's like, I kind of scratch my head and go, okay, I, I'm not saying it's not possible, but how is all this working? You know what, I mean, am I just babbling here, or do, I mean, you make, am I making sense? Yeah, um, I think one of the first places the term psychic vampire or psychic vampirism was coined is in the Church of Satan, the Satanic Bible, to stay oh, away really? from the, yeah, of all, of all places, right? <laughs> but then <laughs> people need to make distinctions between what is devil worship differentiated from Satanism. Because Satanism being codified as an actual structure, an official thing, rather than uh, Christian propaganda, you know, it, there's a distinction. Devil worship is not Satanism. Now, obviously, I would contend that most of the Satanic organizations are probably um, intel agency infiltrated. Um, but as far as I know, not the Church of Satan. Uh, that's just from my limited understanding. So there is a differentiation. Um, it, it just so it. it for me, knowing because I've, I've, I have a bunch of occult books and then it's just it gets diluted from the Christian perspective. So obviously I understand I've gone into the occult enough to where <clears throat> everything is consciousness and where that comes from is source, universe, God, whatever you want to call it. You know, Gaia, nature, right? And Satanic Bible kind of says the same thing. They, they term it the black flame, that light of consciousness, that light that cannot be seen, but from which is projected from the soul within the soul. They don't use the word soul, but I'm just that's just my way of, of saying it. But um, <clears throat> what, what, was, what was the initial your initial um, term you were using there? The loose concept. Oh, know, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we, we all know those people, right? There's always like a, one bad egg in a, every group, as they say. And most people are doing it unconsciously because they're just repeating loops, programmed loops, right, uh, of um, like a broken record. And so it just takes, what do you call it, it takes the air out of the room, as they say. Um, yeah, and so, and, and your, your radio shows give a perfect solution for that. Very simple. It's just projecting a thought form fields of the love blankets. Michael Jaco says the same thing, send people love. Because there's no weapon against love. It, it's so simple and powerful. And even <clears throat> this book called The Afterlife Revolution, uh, with Lee Schreiber's wife had passed and is still in contact with her. And has been writing material from the other side with her help. And like, what are we after death? Is we're we're not anything but love, right? And um, different modalities like matrix energetics and quantum touch all originate like from the heart space project out. Um, Lynn McTaggart's power of eight, it's the same thing. And if you do therm thermographic imaging of emotions, the um, heart space and love is the the biggest and brightest as far as what you can you can see with um, visually. So anytime people get, <clears throat> and I do this every day, where you get stuck in the head with, with whatever loops and programs, uh, um, anything counterproductive, then you just take your awareness and drop it down into your chest area and expand out like a, a drop from a, from a drop and then falling into the pond and rippling out. The, the feeling is, is, is um, it, you definitely go, it's like grounding in a way. Um, <clears throat> and then from there you can project out, um, but the, the thing with the love blankets and then, um, Ho'oponopono is another one that you can, um, send to people and I do that every day, um, because we want the balance in a harmonious environment, right? And, and it's so easy to do. Um, and back to my notes here. So 
I like what they were talking about with uh, <clears throat> like these people, the moral relativism that Dr. Merritt was was mentioning of the greater good, and like what, how far are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to sacrifice for the greater good? And that's where the moral relativism comes in, and. So like in the last three years, we see like how many like what is the fallout of getting your what do you call it? Your cyborg or super soldier um, nanotech program. How many to sacrifice before, you know, you see these babies with the black eyes and like different kind kinds of, uh, of of birthing structures, right? So I don't know if that was the <clears throat> more of the stratified way of seeing. Like what kind of experiment this is. And even like Dr. Northup was talking about the off-worlders. So, and she, he, I think Nephilim and Elohim and Cliff High has been pounding on that, <laughs> calling uh, people Elohim deniers. And Jordan Maxwell has been covering this too, where you look at the origination of, of different terms of God in Genesis, and it, it's a council, it's a group of people, like the El and Elohim, right? And I like in, in uh, X Twitter, um, <clears throat> Cliff High does break it down, and and he originates that back to Mauro Biglino, who has a bunch of um, interviews on YouTube. Most of it's in uh, Italian, but he has a couple books out, uh, The Naked Bible being one of them, and I think Sarah Westall talked to him. So, I mean, I was raised Catholic, so that's what made me go into uh, Black Magic as a, as a kid, you know, because, like, especially with Christmas coming around, it's like Jesus wasn't born on the 25th that's a pagan holiday and then they do the same with all of these holidays and then you just get this weird feeling from people up like you <clears throat> the vatican has all this gold and churches like aren't you supposed to be given this to to poor people and to help the world rather than enrich themselves so just intuitively as a kid like, okay if this is what the <laughs> the, the so-called good people are doing what are the people the exact opposite doing you know so <clears throat> that that's I mean, my, my uh, search for knowledge and, and power. And as far as like a form of power that's open source, that's easily like that's why I I got into Shungite because, um, you know, with with your guys's group, um, it's it's easy access. And to where it's like you don't even need the actual rock. You can just and you mentioned this. We'll talk about this on Tuesday, too, where the. Um, Shungite Cloudbuster, you just need a picture. But then you can even use a thought form, an astral double of the Shungite resonators and new paradigmtools.net, Waltz stuff, advanced Shungite devices, and you can already operate from there. So it's just, again, with the, the limits are in your imagination. So uh, yeah, let me throw that back to you. For those people, Walt Silva's website is newparadigmtools.net. Newparadigmtools.net. To get Shungite bracelets, jewelry, to get uh, some, some much smaller energy devices than Walt makes, you go to mysticalwares.com. Mysticalwares.com. Now, the idea behind the, these, these devices is that they are ways of creating a 3D device that you can work with that is functionally not, you don't need Shungite for a lot of these things to work, but when you've got Shungite in them, they are incredibly enhanced. 
and I mean, some of these devices are old. I mean, they come back, come out of the, you know, decades and decades ago. Well, hundred years, more than a hundred years ago, some of these devices have have been developed, but they didn't have the shungite. And when you <clears throat> add shungite to these devices, you are directly accessing the quantum field that is ninety percent of everything that is, is in the quantum field, not in the light field that we live in, not in the 3D, you know, light, sun, all this stuff. No, the quantum field is a much different layer of life. It's the beginning of everything because it's the energy that we use to build the 3D 10%, essentially. And when you go over to his site, you're going to find different... um, devices for different reasons but the reality is is that <clears throat> you could just have a three 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 well a pile of nuggets let's say you know let's just say there's three six and nine uh tesla understood this much more than we do but we understand it through having used shungai and taking it to you know the concept of merging it with the concept of three six and nine when we put the silver bars in the the uh, rock tumbler. Okay, Derek does this. He puts the rocks in the in the tumbler, the the uh, shungite rocks with silver <clears throat> silver bars. And what happens is that the silver migrates into the shungite. And when you have saturated silver saturated shungite, you open the door to the quantum field and it stays open. Otherwise, we just raw shungite, it pulses. So the silver addition to the shungite makes it, you know, a whole level higher than what most people are dealing with. And that's difficult to understand unless you look at the energy properties of it. I see them out there and they're selling... uh, I'm going to tell, I'm going to, and this isn't to brag, this is just to tell you the facts. I have not seen a Shungite product out there that we did not already have. You know, we started this back in 2014. And we tried, every time we would find Shungite did something else, we would try to find a product that would be able to uh, harness that something else and make it usable by 3D human beings. And there's nothing out. Everybody else out there has copied the concepts that, that we got initially. And that's fine, you know. But most of them are missing the connection with the silver. They haven't gotten there. Well, part of it's because it's a very expensive process to go through. Now, you can also take colloidal silver and you can put nuggets in the colloidal silver and the silver will be taken out of the solution and will migrate into the to the the shungite we've looked at it under electronic microscopes and it's not like it's a layer of the silver on top it's embedded into the shungite matrix itself so when you've got that extra whammy with the silver then you have a it's like if you've got I've got so many Shungite devices and what you learn after you've worked with them all is that 
they've got each has a specific reason for being. In other words, whoever's building it, in this case, let's just think of Walt. If Walt has got some specific, like I wanted him to give me the frequency of turpentine. So he did that. He can do that. He can find out what's the frequency of turpentine and then integrate it into a device. In this case, it was a, a spiral. And so you got the the energy of the, the turpentine, but that's the, the start-off point. I haven't met a Shanghai device that you can't just do much more with. They're not limited by what, what the concept was when they were built. They all connect to every other shungite device every particle of shungite on the pro on the on the planet and because of that and because people we've 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 been very successful in getting shungite into every country in the world that we know of they're, they may be there already uh except greenland we've got it in antarctica i'm not sure about the arctic but you know the only two that may i know greenland we we don't have it on a map we've got a map the Shungite World Grid map, go to Google, ask for it, you'll see it. And people will just, and it's not the whole amount of people that we've sold to, and others now have sold to, It's, but it's, it's enough to cover the world. And this Shungite web that surrounds us is what you are really tapping into whenever you're utilizing a device or you go to the step of, taking having a picture we've got pictures of these devices you can just stare into that picture you can make it your you sort of like say i want to i i call it etheric doubling and you take the image and you say okay i want to be able to use that particular image to focus shungite into some kind of a scenario that i want like i had a friend who was having a problem with his business and so what I did was I um, I went out to my, I've got a cloud buster, most of you probably have heard about that, but I took the entire uh, device and made an etheric double. In other words, my imagination makes a double of it. And then I sent it to that location and set it up right in the middle of the building. And as soon as I did that, all of a sudden, the problems that were being encountered kind of like solved themselves and things started to settle out and go good. Now, can I prove that I was responsible for a change in the business? You know, it's, yeah, I can because I know that this is true. But can you? No, of course not. You can say, well, that's an interesting story, but you can ch you can check it out. You know, do it yourself. Start using your imagination because What's the difference between humans and everybody else out there? Our imagination, the power of thought, because that power of thought, if done well, I mean, done with love, is empowered by love and is, you know, what we were given to make us divine beings is the ability to love and to imagine, to create. When, and it, there's not, a, and not everything in the Bible is true, but there's an awful lot that is. And there's an awful lot that people believe in. So, you know, there is a, a foundation of, of truth because so many people believe in it. But that very first phrase, you know, about, you know, God creating the life, the Genesis, the beginning of Genesis and everything, you know, 
you made in the image of God. What does that mean? Does it mean we look like God? I don't know what God looks like. You know, probably it differs from second to second. God can do anything. But what we're talking about there is what does God have that he might have instilled or she might have instilled or they might have, or it. I don't know what, what, you know, the source of everything. They, if they instilled that in us, what would it be? It would be creativity. It would be the ability to create souls because you've loved somebody. You've loved an animal. And that soul that is like the general, like a generic soul of everybody, all of a sudden is being caressed in love. And that soul morphs into an individual soul of like a cat, dog, a lizard, anything that you love. That love which is what gets imbued in, in the, the physical image of a cat or a dog or whatever, you know. It's our creativity. It's our thought. That's what they're afraid of. That's why they're so hell-bent to keep us from thinking. I mean, if you step back and you look at everything, yeah, they're killing us off. But what's more important to them? It's controlling our thoughts. Because before they understood all this other stuff to how to kill us in mass, they were trying to control our thoughts. And if you just look at the, the history of uh, thought control, uh, you know, I mean, everybody knows about MK Ultra. Do you think that just fell out of the sky? No, they'd been studying this and looking at this for decades. So the, the, the main target in the beginning was to stop us from thinking because if we're thinking we're creating and if we're creating then we can uncreate the awful world that they wanted to build it came very close well they built it but it's not solid it's falling apart um we're coming to the end of the time i'm sorry here that that, that ran long but it was long good so we decided we'd just comment for uh a lot less than we normally do. But um, I, I do want to point you to um, uh, the Shungite show from le last Saturday, which, was, well, this is going to be on the, ele uh, what did I say it was, the 11th? Or, yeah, 10, 11, 12, 13. On the 13th, this is when this is playing. But Saturday, the 9th, the, Shung the Say What show, the second hour, we got into looking at Ascension symptoms. And if you go back to that in the chat room, you'll find a link or even on the podcast. I, I think I, I'll put that link in there. Um, I got to write myself a note, link. <laughs> hope I remember what that means. Um, that's, a good, that's a good topic for Tuesday. Uh, what can Shungai and other recommended things within reach we can do to, to thwart? I mean, not thwart, but like it's a transition Things are going to get come up just like any kind of detox, right? Um, thought patterns, ancestry stuff. So what, what other than Shungite, what else can we use and apply or even feels in thought forms to these these symptoms? And yeah, yeah. So that would yeah, be we'll, okay, we'll discuss. Yeah, we'll discuss that on, on the Shungite show because yeah. it, it, it's 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 where we're at right now in the scenario that we're going through is to be able to understand that. It's, and the, the doctors talked about it, too, the power of thought, the power of love. And um, with that, we kind of got to kind of close out the show here. I do hope it was very informative to you. Do you want to say uh, adios? Yeah, just a quick comment. Um, Dr. Polevsky was saying the towers, do, we, do they have to be taken down or not? Shungai can obviously biocompatibilize and transmute and also biogeometry. So look into biogeometry. 
with Shanghai. It, it's it's great. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because yes, the question on the thing was, you know, do we what can we do with the existing established, you know, telecommunication system? All you need is a Shanghai device on the thing. You know, you just put it on where it starts and it's going to reverse the electromagnetic field so that it's not bio it's so that it's biocompatible. I mean, it's very easy. You take the systems and instead of putting out the frequencies that will allow them to control and see and monitor, you put on frequencies that are healing frequencies. So to me, that was a fundamental error in their planning is that they gave us something that would kill us, but they also gave something that would reverse everything that they've done. And that's where I'll, I'll leave it now. Thanks everybody for being here. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.